Welcome to Anchored in Milwaukee, the official podcast of FC Milwaukee Torrent. This episode is sponsored by Atlanta Mortgage and Sobelman's Pub. If you'd like to learn more about sponsoring the club, you can email us at sales at milwaukeetorrent.com. I'm your host, Luke. We have a fun one for you today. I'm excited for our guest. It is the voice of the Milwaukee Torrent, Simon Proven. Simon's going to join us a little bit later to tell us about his career and what brought him into being the play-by-play man of FC Milwaukee Torrent. But before we can get to that, we have some news we have to share with you. To get you started, we'll catch up on the latest player signings. We start with the women's team, where a pair of Marquette women are going to be with the Torrent. Maddie Monticello is a midfielder defender, born in Chicago, but but playing collegiately for the Golden Eagles. Joining her will be Ileana Eckert, a midfield forward out of Warren, Michigan. The men added two players as well. Another goalkeeper joins the roster. This one hailing all the way from Spain, Pablo Ortiz Munoz, will be vying for playing time between the sticks. Helping out on defense to try and keep that ball out of the net will be Flavio Cruz, Cruz is a defender from Goshen, Indiana, who recently played for Grace College. Moving on to the Youth League, the Torrance Super Y teams are up to 10 official teams, and a weekend schedule has been announced for competitive dates. As of now, those dates are the weekend of June 26th and 27th in South Bend, Indiana, July 16th and 18th in Portage, Michigan, and July 24th and 25th again in South Bend, Indiana. Good luck to all the Torrent Youth teams in the Super Y. Lastly, dates were announced for FC Milwaukee Torrent's joint camp with Bundesliga team Bayern Leverkusen. The annual camp will take place Monday, July 5th through Friday, July 9th at Ewald Park in Oconomowoc. Bayern Leverkusen youth coaches are expected to attend the camp and registration is now open. Visit the Torrent website for more information. I'm excited now to welcome our guest for this week's episode. It's a voice you're going to surely recognize because it is the official voice of FC Milwaukee Torrent. It is Simon Proven. Simon, welcome to the show. Hey, Luke. Thanks for having me. It's going to be it's going to be hard for me to say FC Milwaukee Torrent because I'm so used to always saying Milwaukee Torrent without the FC. So it's an exciting, uh, exciting thing to have to get used to. It is. It is. I have to write it down basically word for word so that I uh, <laughs> try to remember to say it properly. But it, it'll come. It just takes time. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited to learn about your announcing and your process and some of your Torrent memories. But First, we wanted to learn a little bit more about you. And, you know, the Proven name is deeply embedded in the Milwaukee soccer scene. You're the official voice. Your nephew, Connor, plays for the Torrent. You have other family that are involved in coaching and playing at other levels. Where does that family love of the game come from? Uh, It all starts with uh, my oldest brother, Steve, when he was about four or five. Uh, my, My dad and mom noticed that he was always just, from what I know, I mean, I wasn't born yet, but from what I know, he was always kicking stuff. Um, and my dad wanted to do something with that energy. And a person at my dad's work had told him about this game called soccer. So this was back in the you know, mid-70s, early to mid-70s. Um, so yeah, the, the original NASL was around, but still not many people knew about the game over here in the States. 
Um, and my dad found a small club. I believe at that time it was the Southeast Kickers, or I don't know if my parents helped found the Southeast Kickers, whatever it was. Um, they signed Steve up and the rest, as they say, is history. And then my, my parents also got very involved with the Southeast Kickers, basically ended up running the organization with a few friends. Um, and we all basically just followed in Steve's footsteps. That's, that's where it all started. So what did your parents think of soccer before that moment? Is it something they knew about at all or was it completely foreign to them at that time? You know, I don't know if it was completely foreign. I'm actually going to have to talk to them about that. Um, what I do know is my dad grew up in Maslin, Ohio. And if you know anything about Maslin, Ohio, they have always had some of the best American football teams, state champions, I don't know, 30 times maybe. Um, when my brother Steve was playing with the Canton Invaders back in the indoor days, um, we, my, we went down there for a few games. And so uh, it was really cool because my dad took us to where he grew up. So I got to see his house. And I also got to see the Maslin, Ohio high school football stadium. I mean, Luke, this thing is like a professional stadium. It was one of the first stadiums, if not the first in the country with artificial turf. Um, you know, the, the coaches would recruit big time at that time. So my dad played football, American football. He also wrestled um, when he eventually moved to Cudahy, Wisconsin. And uh, my mom loved ice skating and she was also uh, loved running track and field. So as far as um, if they knew about it, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but the great thing about my parents is they're always looking for looking out, looking out for the best for us, you know? So, you know, my dad wasn't those dads of you're going to play football. Cause I played football and, and same with thing with my mom. It was never about having to do what they did. It was about um, them looking out for us and, and seeing um, what they felt was absolutely best for us. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I know it's a long answer to a short question. The shortest answer is I don't know. Uh, but once they saw how much Steve loved playing, hook, line, and sinker for the whole family, that was it. So what was your youth playing career like? Uh, so I started playing like most kids when I was five. Played with the, uh, again, the Southeast Kickers. We were the Bobcats with our orange and black jerseys. Um, and eventually moved on to play with the Elm Grove Rowdies. Uh, eventually, let's see, then moved back to the Southeast Kickers. And then from there, tried out for Bavarians, ended up making that team. Um, or actually, no, I'm sorry. First, it was uh, Milwaukee Kickers Nationals that I went to. Uh, that program is no longer around, but that's that's eventually uh, what a what another local club came from, from what I understand. Uh, but, but did the uh, Milwaukee FC Nationals. We won a few state cups. We were a pretty successful club. Um, I also ended up making several state teams. Never made the regional team, um, but I did made made a couple of the regional day teams. Where you know that from there they would pick the regional players. Um, ended up playing my last three years of club with the Bavarians, and then um, went to UW Parkside on a scholarship. And I know we'll probably get into this. Maybe this is a nice segue for you, but it was at Parkside where. Um, I decided it, it was time for me to hang up the boots and to really focus on what I really wanted to do in my life. And that was acting. Um, so, um, and, and I'll tell you, Luke, what happened for me is I was riding the pine, which isn't unexpected for a freshman to do, but I was riding the pine at UW Parkside. Meanwhile, I'm auditioning for plays and I'm getting roles in every single one. Um, 
And what did it for me is there was one show where it was only, there were only four roles. Uh, again, this was only my first semester at college and I, I ended up getting one of those roles. So that, that to me was a signal that, okay, it's, it's time to, to hang up the boots and really focus on what I really want to do in my life. And that's how, uh, that's how acting started going from, uh, I did play in the summer, one more summer season with Bavarians, um, but that was it for me. That is a perfect segue because I did want to talk a lot about uh, you, your acting and what you you do professionally because people know your voice that are listening to this, but I bet a lot of them, whether they know it or not, know your your face, whether it's through commercial work, whether it's through theater work, whether it's through feature length films, short films. You have a very big resume and, you know, it, it sounds like Parkside was a big influence. Did you get into acting before that? Were you uh, in theater in high school or anything? Yeah, no, great question. Yeah, you know, I, I started, <laughs> I, I won't tell super long stories, but for me, it was actually fifth grade. Uh, I'll make a long story very short. We were reading the play Damon and Pythias, and our teacher had said, hey, maybe we should get up and 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 do this in the class as characters. And for some reason, right away, I knew I wanted to be one of the characters. And then I asked her about, you know, we have, we have a stage. Can we maybe do it on stage? And she said, yes. And next thing I know, we're building sets for this play. Um, and then, yeah, I played, I played, uh, one of the lead roles simply because I asked, we ended up inviting our parents and that's where the acting bug really, really bit me big time. Um, and then from there did musicals and plays in middle school. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I wasn't going to do it in high school. Um, but there were auditions for the wizard of Oz and my oldest brother, Jake said to me, Hey man, you like acting. Let's go, let's go audition course we were incorrectly saying let's try out it's an audition for theater um but i was like oh i don't know i don't know he's like dude come on let's go so we we finished up soccer practice went over to uh the auditorium auditioned got into the wizard of oz and after my first rehearsal i was like geez why was i why was i not wanting to audition for this and and again yeah it just it just furthered that that's what i really wanted to do with my life you know my, my brother's we're all very successful soccer players. My sister was successful. Um, but I, I think I always knew for me there would be a time where I'd say, you know, this is fun. It gives me great exercise, but it's not, it's not what I want to do. It's, you know, I want to I do this acting thing because that's, I don't know. It's hard to explain, Luke. You, you get on stage, you get in front of an audience. Um, that, that synergy that's there, just for some people, they can't escape it. We're the type of people that say acting chose me. I didn't choose acting. <laughs> What's the scene like in Milwaukee for both theater and, and commercial and, and feature length work? You know, it's surprisingly uh, pretty strong. It's Milwaukee's a, almost a nice little secret for, for the acting community. Um, we don't get tons of commercials, but what we do have are called industrial films. That's a lot of training videos. Um, but but with that, yes, there is commercial work. There was a two years ago, I filmed one for Potawatomi. Um, and then, I don't know, like a week later, I was filming one for Quick Trip. That one was running during Bucks games. So if, if anybody has seen the commercial where there's a guy raking his lawn, telling the story about his son going to prom, that's, that's me. Um, and there's lots of voiceover work. Um, there's yeah, quite a few studios. I've got my own little studio that I'm actually talking to you from right now that I work with a few clients from. And then as far as the, the feature film work, you know, not a lot of big studio work comes through, but there's a lot of independent film work in Milwaukee and the surrounding area. 
Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very fulfilled with, with what I get to do. And then as far as theater, um, again, you know, the amount of theater work that we have per capita when, when we're looking at Milwaukee is pretty amazing. Um, unfortunately, right now, of course, there's not much theater going on because of the pandemic. Um, but it's, Milwaukee is a, a pretty strong market when you consider all the opportunities that are here for actors. And a, a lot of your work is is easily accessible right now. Um, you know, The Return, which is a feature length film you starred in, is available on YouTube. So is The Road. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. The Road to is it Emus? Uh, Emmaus. The Emmaus. Road to Emmaus. And then, uh, you know, also I watched yesterday a short film that you starred in called Because of Me that was available as well. Do you have a favorite performance or a place you recommend people to go to if they want to see some of your work? Uh, Well, I do have my own webpage, uh, simonjohnprovan.com. Right now, the the newest feature that I did is called The Author, The Star, and The Keeper, which uh, I play August Star in that. You can get that on, uh, well, it's on a number of streaming services, but I know... It's on Amazon Prime. Um, it's on Pure Flix, which is basically the Christian Netflix. Um, you can well, you can buy it at Walmart on DVD right now as well. The author, the star, and the keeper. Um, most of the stuff that I'm in, um, the short films and whatnot, I've got to update my my homepage, which I will. Um, but yeah, SimonJohnProvan.com is probably the best place to go to see the stuff that's on YouTube that that I'm in. And that's John J O N, correct? Yes, very good. Yes, J-O-N. Perfect. We want to send them to the right place. <laughs> so, so let's talk Torrent a little bit. When did yeah. you first hear about the club even forming? A funny story. All of these things are funny stories. Um, I was confused about the team first being called a professional team when it was coming out because of the leagues that it was looking in. So Andy Davi actually called me and wanted to explain to me why he would be calling his his club a professional club and uh, you know, he told me, Hey, everybody's going to be paid. All the players are going to be paid. Um, we're going to be, we're going to be traveling all over. We're going to be taking care of players, rooming them, housing them, which, you know, made me do a 180. realized, okay, he is, he is treating this like a professional organization. Um, the funny thing is, is, uh, my brothers knew Andy and this is just cause I was out of the soccer scene for so long. I, I didn't know uh, I didn't know Andy and that's no disrespect to him. If anything, it's, it's a comment on, on me. And again, not, uh, not being very attuned to the Milwaukee soccer market. Um, so as Andy and I were talking though, I did tell him, oh, I, I skipped this part of my story, Luke. Um, when I was in grad school at the university of Texas, I, by, uh, funny circumstances there, I ended up becoming the soccer writer for, um, uh, for the, for the paper down there. Uh, so, you know, that's one of the great things about me having left the game early is I would still go watch my brothers and sisters play. So I was naturally watching a lot and analyzing, even when I didn't realize I was analyzing the game. Um, so back to that phone call with Andy, after he got done explaining everything to me, you know, I told him about a little bit about my history. And I had just mentioned that if you're ever looking for um, a PA voice or to do some play by play work, let me know. And he said, Hey, I'll tell you right now, you're my guy. Um, Awesome. So that's 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 how I heard about the torrent. That's how I first got involved with it. Had you you done some sports journalism? Then it sounded like. Have you ever done any sports play by play before this? No, this was my first go at it. Um, you know, by watching a lot, and and you know, as an actor, you're constantly observing people. So even when I was watching games, Premier League games, MLS games, 
uh, I was always observing just the way games were called, whether it was by the play-by-play announcer or the color analyst. I, I, I was just absorbing it. So who are some of the announcers that you kind of looked up to or maybe tried to emulate when you uh, knew you were getting a gig like this? Uh, you know, there's 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 the big ones, Martin Tyler out of England. Uh, of course, he's he's considered the best of all time by many people. Um, watched a lot of Portland Timbers games. That's that was always my uh, my my, lead, my team in, in MLS. Um, so Arlo White when he was with Portland at that time. John Strong, of course. Um, and to this day, I, I can tell you that Arlo White is probably uh, my favorite announcer. I think he does a wonderful job telling a story of the game. Uh, he, he brings out details that not everybody's going to see. So I, w- whenever I have an opportunity to listen to Arlo White on um, NBC, I'm, I try to do it as much as I can because I, re- I really, it, it, again, to this day, he's the type of analyst, uh, play-by-play guy that I, I would love to, uh, you know, be able to call a game like he does week in and week out. So you're, you're listening to these other people and you're taking notes. How do you also generate your own style and make the calls your own while you're working through games? I think part of that is really just being confident in, in myself, really. Um, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily do anything to make sure I'm making it my own other than just allowing me to be myself. Um, and that's not saying that I, I don't grow. You know, there's... Uh, when we first started streaming games, we were only doing Facebook, and I could see a lot of the comments coming through. Um, and I would actually take take most of those very seriously. You can't take all of them seriously, but I would take quite a few of them, especially the ones that were constructive in their criticism. Um, so for me, it's it's about growing in that way. And yeah, yeah, just being confident myself. You know, I try to crack jokes here and there, um, and yet I want to make sure I'm taking every game seriously. What's your prep like? What's a, a game day or a game week like for you when you're getting ready? Yeah, great question. I spend a lot of time going over the visitors' website if they have the information. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of times where there isn't updated information. Um, so then I, I scour the internet for articles, find out what players are, are the stronger players on the team. Um, I do reach out to the visiting team as well asking for stats if they have them. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, Luke, it can be very frustrating at times because there's not a lot of teams that do a great job communicating back. Now, you, you do have teams that do, um, but but it, it can be very challenging. Um, just even trying to get a starting lineup, I think a lot of coaches think that I'm going to do something with that information or hand it off to Andy, but I never have and I never will. Andy knows that, even though I'm – technically uh, a torrent employee my first goal is to call a game fairly um and and to tell the story of what is going on out there i I really try hard not to be a homer um and the only way i can do that is if i've got the information at my fingertips so after a game is done let's say on a saturday by monday i'm I'm researching for the next game so you know about a week's worth of prep for for every game that i go into and besides looking looking at Facebook comments, which you're brave, uh, <laughs> that's that's a water I never want to tread into. But um, do you do do you listen back to your calls afterwards? Do you redo the games, or is it kind of a uh, that game's behind me? I move on. No, I, yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely go in and listen. 
um, especially if I know I had a weak moment. Um, I, I did put together a highlight reel, not a highlight reel, but well, yeah, a highlight reel of, of one game that the women played uh, when they tied the Chicago Red Stars. And, you know, there's a few calls in there that I'm like, oh, gosh, that was such an exciting moment. I totally blew that. So then what I'll do is actually go back and, and replay it, doing my actor thing of trying to forget what's going to happen and and recall the play and try to help myself out that way so that I bring that experience to the next game that I call. And and that kind of you, touching on the acting once again and the voiceover work, how much do you think that experience really benefits your ability to do play-by-play? Because when you look nationally, there aren't a lot of play-by-play people it seems like they're journalists a lot of the time as opposed to acting and performers but it seems like a natural transition from acting and voiceover work to play-by-play well i think it is you know for me it's not just about the voiceover work it's because i've i've had the experience of playing playing at a at a higher level um and i still play you know you and i have faced off on the field a few times which has been fun um but the voiceover work, knowing how to breathe properly is huge. Because I think I would lose my voice every game if I, if I didn't know how to breathe properly. And people may be listening to this going, what do you mean breathe properly? But there really is a technique to breathing correctly. Um, also pacing yourself, letting the, game, uh, letting the game breathe just like in a script where there's moments that I need to let breathe. Um, knowing that silence is not the enemy sometimes silence is exactly what is needed from from the announcer just like again when i'm being on stage silence can be a very powerful thing so there's there's all kinds of lessons i take from acting and voiceover work that i bring into my play-by-play work do you get to spend much time with the players and get to know them you know i I actually i don't um we we kind of all know each other we'll we'll say hi to each other um there's, there's always a, a couple players that are a little bit more, I don't know if it's comfortable or um, just happy to have a chat. Um, but for the most part, no. Um, I let them do their thing. They let me do my thing. And I think there is a plus to having it be like that where, um, you know, if I'm not getting too close to these players, it gives me the courage to, if they make a bad play, to call them out for that bad play and, and not have that thought in my head of, oh, man, what's so-and-so going to think after I say this? Am I going to have to apologize to him? I don't have to worry about that without having those uh, tight, tight friendships. That doesn't mean I wouldn't mind getting to know the players more, but there are certainly benefits to not getting to know the players as much. Do you have a favorite torrent call that you've ever made? Well, that one is actually pretty easy for me. Um, As you had mentioned, my nephew, Connor Provan, plays for the torrent. Um, And uh, I was just, just watching that clip. I have it on my on my Twitter, my my whatever you call that pinned tweet. Um, but yeah, it's of Connor with his uh, debut as a professional with the Torrent back in July of 2019. Can't remember who they were playing against, but he made this fantastic move. Um, had the ball on the line, a player was coming at him, spun on top of the ball and got past him, and and passed the ball off to uh, Leo Ariel. Um, so that that for sure is my my favorite specific moment. Uh, um, of a call. Is that something you ever dreamed of when you started on this journey back in 2015, that you would be calling a relative of yours out on the field? And, and what does that just mean to you? 
Uh, did I did I think about it? No, not at all. Uh, but when I heard Connor was trying out for the tour, and I was super excited. Um, and for me, man, it's just um, you know a lot of pride because this game has meant a lot to my family, my extended family, um, and to see that tradition continue through my nieces and nephews is pretty awesome. And then and then to have the opportunity, you know, to call Connor. Yeah, there's there's no words that really can describe the 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 awesome sense of that. Now, unfortunately, because it's the year 2021, we have to talk about the pandemic and the year that everyone lost a lot of things. We lost the torrent season, which obviously isn't the most important thing, but uh, still still a bummer. And uh, we're looking forward to getting getting started again in 2021. What did you do in the off season, if anything, to to keep up? And is there any rust you're going to have to shake off when we finally get going here? Yeah, you know, every every season um, there seems to be some rust to shake off. Uh, preseason is just as important for the press box as it is for the players and coaches. Um, again, still watching a lot of Premier League. Um, watched MLS when it was in season and just paying attention, picking up new words, new adjectives. You know, the big thing about soccer, it is constantly evolving. There's new terms out there all the time. Um, I, I know the number nine, the false number nine has been out there for a few years now, but man, when I was younger, you were a forward. <laughs> you know, there was no such thing as a false number nine, or if there was, we didn't call it a false number nine. Um, you know, so picking up on perhaps some new terminology of the game. Um, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I, it's not like I sit there and, and, and call other games. Now, a funny thing happened is uh, when we first heard the season was canceled, I did a play-by-play call of a squirrel in my backyard, which uh, ended up making the local news. Um, Lance Allen of uh, Channel 4 was uh, kind enough to call me and say, I got to get you on to get you to talk about this. Um, so that's been fun is, uh, you know, doing silly things like that. Nice. Nice. What are you most looking forward to in 2021 when the season kicks off again? Uh, looking forward to seeing the men in their new division. Cause I think they do have a good shot at, at winning this, this year. Um, and the women have always been strong. So I'm looking forward to see how they finish up as well. You know, there's, there's some great returning players for both sides as well as some new players. And I, I think, um, you know, it's not to be, not to sound cliche-ish here, but if that's even a word, but um, see, we, we make up terminology all the time as play-by-play guys. Um, looking forward to seeing how these, these new players gel with the, the players that have been there for a while. And lastly, when people listen to your calls during a game and the game ends, what do you want them to come away thinking and maybe feeling after listening to you call a game? Well, first... I, I certainly hope they walk away knowing what actually happened in the game. You know, not that, um, yes, we, we could be silent and just have the screen run, but that hopefully, you know, I added some value to the game. But, hey, if 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 it's the torrent and they lost, I want the fans to be bummed out. I'll, I'm bummed out when that happens. If the torrent win, I want the fans to be ecstatic. Um, if if they are the visitors listening in and let's face it, that's the main reason we're doing streamed games is so that the visitors can watch. Uh, I hope they walk away feeling that um, no matter how their team did, that their team was treated fairly by me um, win, lose or draw. And um, 
again, that, that there was added value with having somebody calling the game. Simon Proven, the voice of the FC Milwaukee Torrent, we thank you for joining us. Can you tell us once again where people can go for your website and your Twitter? Yeah, uh, website is simonjohnprovan.com, mostly full of all my acting stuff. But yeah, if you're interested in that. Um, and let me do say, if you own a business and need an actor to either do voice work or on-camera work, there's contact information there. Um, otherwise, my Twitter is at Simon Provan. Perfect. Thank you. Do you mind sticking around a few minutes? We have a couple fan questions for you. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Now is the time in the show when we answer your questions. If you ever want to submit a question, just look on the Torrent Facebook page or the Torrent Twitter, and you can put your question in there for our upcoming guest. Now, I always come up with a, a different name, and it's every part of me wanted to call this Simon Says, but I told that to my wife, and she <laughs> basically slapped me and said, you can't do that, because uh, it might be a little cheesy. So we're just going to go with Ask the Play-By-Play Man this week, and our first question is a two-parter. It comes from Nathaniel Hornblower on Twitter, and he asks, first, what are your predictions for the league this year? And then second, he wants to know what happened to that squirrel. <laughs> Well, like I said, I, I think the I think the Torn have a strong shot at winning the league this year. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a, a a tough season to really make any predictions because everybody's for the most part has been off for a year. So it'll be interesting to see how those first few games go. That'll that'll be more telling of the season. But with the division that the Torn is in now, FC Milwaukee Torrent, um, I think they got a good shot at taking this thing. Um, as far as the squirrel. I got lots of squirrels living in my backyard, so I'm sure uh, we got one really fat one. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the one I was doing the play-by-play call with. <laughs> well, he's a celebrity now. He gets to, he gets to live large. That's right. <laughs> Our second question comes also from Twitter, and it is from Diaza. And he asks, he or she asks, which was your favorite Latino player wearing the Milwaukee jersey and why? And I'm, I'm going to open this up, and we're going to – obviously, you're going to say Connor if we say all your players because he's your <laughs> nephew. But – just some of your favorite players to watch overall for the Torrent over the years. Oh, let's see. Emil Carr was uh, fantastic to watch. So fast and skilled on the ball. Um, Jason Valencia, I know he was injured, but my goodness, what a talented player. Um, those are the two that immediately come to mind. I'm trying to think if they're... I'd, I'd have to go back and look at the rosters from years past, to be honest with you, Luke. But I, I do remember Valencia was actually, he didn't speak much English and I don't speak much Spanish, but we did have a few conversations, if that's what you want to call them, with each other. And uh, yeah, it was it was always a bummer when Valencia was out because he's a very skilled, quick player. Yeah, those were two very, very good ones. And our last question comes from Mike Justman, and he says, if you could have any announcer be your partner covering the Torrent season, who would you pick and why? And since you're the play-by-play guy, we have to remember this needs to be a color analyst, so no Martin Tyler for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, boy, this is uh, – I pay more attention to the play-by-play guys. So, um, you know – let me say this, and I think a lot of people would say no, but I will tell you somebody I was extremely impressed with during the last World Cup with his color analyst was Tony Miola. 
I thought he was one of the uh, more bright color analysts um, throughout the entire World Cup. And I know he's, at least this last season, he also did uh, the same gig for Chicago Fire. So, I, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, to have Tony in the booth with me and, and hear from him. And, and, you know, it makes sense that a goalkeeper would be so smart at watching and seeing the game because that's what they have to do. So, yeah, I'll go with Tony Miola. No, I like Everybody, that. You, you scared okay. me a little when you started started out that response, but I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think he does a fabulous <laughs> job. So – uh, we want to thank you so much for your time today, Simon. It has been a real treat to have you on the show and to talk to you and learn a little bit more about your background and what it's been like calling the Torrents. And hopefully uh, later on in the year, we can have you back on. But thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, my pleasure, Luke. And hey, I want to give you one last tidbit. My LLC that I formed for all my acting work is actually called Simon Says. So I wouldn't have been <laughs> offended at all if that, if that was the segment. Per- well, I know I don't want to get sued for copyright, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure talking FC Milwaukee Tort, and I can't wait to do it again. Thank you. With that, we've reached the end of another episode. Thank you for listening to Anchored in Milwaukee, sponsored by Atlanta Mortgage and Sobelman's Pub. If you'd like to learn more about sponsoring the club, email sales at milwaukeetorrent.com. If you want to support the show, you can like, subscribe, and leave a review or tell a friend about us. Anchored in Milwaukee is now available on all major podcast platforms. If you need more information on FC Milwaukee Torrent and Bayer Leverkusen Camp, please visit the Torrent website, www.milwaukeetorrent.com. Also check out the Torrent on Facebook and Twitter, at MKE Torrent. A big special thanks to our guest, FC Torrent play-by-play man, Simon Proven. This episode was produced by Jaden Stevenson. I'm your host, Luke Neitzel. Until next time, stay anchored together.